Amen. All right, we're there in Job chapter number 37. And of course, uh, tonight I, we are finishing up this section in the book of Job. And we went through uh, many, many chapters of Job and his three friends going back and forth. And we spent the last six chapters, including this chapter, uh, with Elihu. And of course, we ordered pizza tonight. I want to celebrate because this section is over. And next week begins really the best part of the book of Job. And we've got uh, several chapters where God is speaking, and it's going to be very good and very interesting. Uh, So here's the thing. The pizza is already here. These uh, pizza places, they're either obnoxiously late or they're obnoxiously early. Uh, They can't figure out how to get here on time. Uh, Fortunately for us, Elihu doesn't say much. So I'm going to try to walk through this. I'm still going to preach the the chapter, but I'm going to try to walk through it as quickly as we can. Uh, Just by way of introduction, I, I I want you to remember, because there really isn't a lot that Elihu says in this chapter, but there is one, something I think, is, is kind of interesting, and in order for you to get it, I just want to remind you, if you look at next week's chapter, chapter 38 and verse 1, next week is when God begins to speak, and I want you to notice that the Bible says in verse 1, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and of course, we're, we're going to go through that next week and look at all the things that God uh, said to Job, but I want you to notice when God shows up, into this conversation uh, that was initially between Job and his three friends and then evolved into Job and Elihu and his three friends. When God shows up, he shows up in a whirlwind. The Bible says, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and uh, said. Now, keep your place there in Job. That's obviously our text for tonight. But go with me, if you would, to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter number 1. And I want to show you that this is not the first time that God shows up, or I should say this is not the only time that God shows up uh, in a whirlwind. There are other times. One example here, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says this. This is, of course, when Ezekiel gets a vision uh, for the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself. And a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire, also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and, and this was their appearance, and uh, they had the likeness of a man. And of course, Ezekiel goes on to give us that example. But of course, Ezekiel is seeing a vision of the throne of God, is what he ends up seeing there as he goes through that vision. But I want you to notice that when, when, when he saw it, verse 4, he said, and I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. And this was, of course, God's vision, him uh, seeing uh, a vision of God revealing himself to him. And in Job 38, we see the same thing. We see that the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Go back to Job, if you would. But go, go back to Job 36. Now, if you remember from last week's sermon, there was a section of chapter 36 that I didn't touch. And I said, we're going to deal with that next week. Because the last part of chapter 36 and all of chapter 37 seem to go together. And there's not a lot that is said in these verses as far as substance. And we, we kind of got used to that with Elihu. But the reason that there's not a lot is because Elihu kind of turns into this weatherman. And all of a sudden, he becomes really interested in the weather. And he starts giving all these descriptions about 
the weather. No, no, you're there in Job 36, look at verse 27. Notice what he says. He says, for he. Now, the he there is actually referring to God in the context. Notice what Elihu says, for he maketh small the drops of water. They pour down rain according to the vapor thereof. Now, here's what I believe is going on here, and this is my opinion, and I want to be uh, clear about that. It's, it's my opinion, and it's just my opinion. But in Job 38 and verse 1, God shows up, and God actually interrupts Elihu. The way that the flow of the writing goes forth, it doesn't seem like Elihu really came to an end of his speech. God just kind of showed up and started speaking uh, and interrupted Elihu, and we already saw that he answered Job out of a whirlwind. Now, in my opinion, I don't believe that that whirlwind just kind of showed up out of nowhere. And what I mean by that is, I don't think that Elihu was speaking to Job, and his three friends were there, and whoever else is there uh, paying attention, and then Elihu's just talking and talking, and then all of a sudden, just, you know, there's a whirlwind in the midst of them, and God begins to speak. In fact, based off of the description of weather that Elihu all of a sudden gets really interested in towards the end of chapter 36 and all through chapter 37, my opinion is that... God shows up in a whirlwind, but the storm is actually approaching. I think as Elihu is speaking, they begin to see the storm off in the distance begin to form, and the storm be, uh, takes, the, uh, uh, takes the focus of Elihu to the point where he begins to bring the description of that storm into his speech. Notice, I think it's interesting, you may or may have not noticed that as you've read through the book of Job, but notice first of all, in verses 27 and 28 of Job 36, the rain begins. It begins to rain. He says, for he maketh small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof. Notice verse 28, which the clouds do drop and distill. The word distill is a reference to condensation. Distill upon man abundantly. So in verses 27 and 28, he describes the fact. Now, he's talking about the fact that God drops water and they pour down rain, that the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. I think it started raining. And Elihu's like, talking about the rain. Notice verse 29. First, we see in verse 27 and 28 that the rain begins. Then we see in verse 29 that the sky gets dark. Look at verse 29. Also, can any understand, this is Elihu speaking, the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? He says, he says not only does it rain, but he says, do, do, can any understand the spreading of the clouds? He said, look at these clouds. It, it got real dark all of a sudden. We've got all this cloud coverage all of a sudden. Look at verse 32, same chapter. Verse, uh, chapter 36, verse 32. He says, With clouds he covereth the light, and commandeth it not to shine by the clouds that come betwixt. That uh, idea there, that come betwixt, he says, he says it got really dark all of a sudden because the cloud cover came in, the clouds covereth the light, and he commanded not to shine by the clouds that come betwixt. He says, the clouds have come between us and the sun or the source of light, and now it's gone dark. So we see that the rain begins, verses 27 through 28. We see the sky gets dark, verses 29 through 32. Then, when we go to Job chapter 37, which is our uh, text for tonight, I want you to notice the thunder begins, verses 1 through 5. 
Job 37 verse 1, At this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of his place. He says, Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. Elihu says, uh, he says, it, it sounds like God is starting to speak. Now, he's referring to the thunder. We're going to see it here in a minute. What Elihu doesn't know is that God is about to speak. God, see, Elihu sees the storm approaching. What Elihu doesn't realize is that it's God coming in this whirlwind. Notice verse 2. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it under the whole heaven. Notice the words. And his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, uh, verse 4, after it a voice roareth. Notice the words. He thundereth the voice of his excellency and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. Look at verse 5. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. So he tells us the rain begins to drop. He tells us the sky gets dark. Then he tells us the thunder begins. Then in verses 6 to 10, he tells us that it gets cold. Look at verse 6. For he saith to the snow, be thou on the earth, likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. He sealeth up the hands of every man that all men may know his work. Then the beasts go into dens and remain in, uh, in their place. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind uh, and cold out of the north. By the breath of God, frost is given and the breath of waters is straightened. And I want you to notice again, not only did he tell us the rain started, in verse 36, not only did he tell us the sky got dark, excuse me, in chapter 36, not only did he tell us that the, that the thunder began in chapter 37, not only did he tell us that, the, that, that, that he got cold in, in chapter 37, but uh, you may, I don't know if you noticed it or if you missed it there, but look at verse 9. He tells us that a whirlwind appears in verse 9. He says, look. Now, he didn't say, look, I added that, okay? But he says, out of the south cometh the whirlwind. Now, do you think it's a coincidence that God in the next chapter shows up in a whirlwind? And Elihu is saying, hey, look, it's starting to rain. Hey, you notice the clouds? Everything got really, the clouds kind of came in. Man, did you hear that thunder? Man, look, there was a, a, a change in, in, the, in, 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 in the weather. It got kind of cool all of a sudden. And, and look, a whirlwind. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind and the cold out of the north. See, it's interesting to me that God is about to speak. And he shows up as a whirlwind. And for the last chapter and a half, Elihu has been describing for us. He's been looking. He's been watching this whirlwind appear. Now, let me just real quickly, because like I said, the pizza's already here. So let me just quickly give you a couple of takeaways uh, from this chapter. The first takeaway is this, that God is the creator. Amen. I mean, notice, notice there in verse 10, the breath of God, by the breath of God, frost is given. Now, of course, a scientist could get up and give us the scientific way that frost is, uh, is, is given, but we understand that everything that happens in this universe is put in place by God. 
And by the breath of God, his father is given. The breath of the waters is straightened also by waters. He weareth the thick clouds. He uh, scattereth his bright cloud. And it is turned round about by his counsels that they may do whatsoever he commanded them upon the face of, uh, of the world and the earth. He causeth it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. We're going to come back to those verses here in a minute. Look at verse 15. Notice what, notice what Elihu says. Now, here's what's interesting. The closer God gets the more correct Elihu gets. It's funny how you'll start being right when you start getting close to God. In fact, the closer God gets, all of a sudden Elihu stops sounding so much like an idiot and he starts sounding like something that God is going to say. Because in the next chapter, when God shows up, he begins to ask a bunch of questions. But Elihu has had six chapters to say something smart and has it. But right at the very end, right before God uh, cuts him off, he begins to sound real smart. Look at verse 15. He says to Job, Does thou know when God disposed them and caused the light of his clouds to shine? Does thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him, which is perfect in knowledge? Now, do you remember how in the last chapter he said that he was perfect in knowledge? He said, he that is with thee is perfect in knowledge. And people say, oh, no, he's talking about God. But he told us in that same passage that God wasn't there, that God sent him to speak. Now the whirlwind's coming. Now he's asking, hey, do you know? Dost thou know when God disposed them and caused the light of his clouds to shine? Verse 15, look at verse 16. Dost thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him, referring to God, which is perfect in knowledge? He says, God's the one that's perfect in knowledge. Look at verse 17. How thy garments are warm when he quieteth the earth by the south wind. Hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong and as a molten-looking glass? And here's the takeaway is that, look, God is the creator. Keep your place there in Job. Go with me just real quick to the book of Psalms. Psalm, Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Just right after Job, you have the book of Psalms. Psalm 115. Sometimes it's good for us to remember that God is the creator. Psalm 115, verse 15. Notice what the Bible says. Ye are blessed of the Lord. Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, notice these words, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. Look, the Bible says here that the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. God is the creator, therefore he is the owner. He says here, the earth hath he given to the children of men. He has given us the world, the earth, and he has made us stewards of the earth. He has made us managers of this earth, but God is the owner because he is the creator. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, is what the Bible says. So God, we see here, as the storm is approaching, you say, well, why did God need a storm to approach? Why didn't he just speak? God, God speaks in, he, throughout the Old Testament. He's spoken in lots of different ways. Why did he need to uh, bring a tornado about? Why did he need to bring this storm about? I, I think part of it is to remind Elihu and to uh, remind Job's three friends and to remind Job himself that God is the creator. God is the creator of nature. God is creator of the earth. God is in charge of of everything that happens in this universe. So the first takeaway is this. God is, in uh, is, is the creator. The second takeaway is this. God is in control. Amen. Look at verse 12. Job 37, verse 12. 
and it is turned round about by his counsels, that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth. He says, God is in control of uh, all these things. God is the one that is in control. Notice verse 12, he says, and it is turned right about by his counsels. The word his there is referring to God. God's counsels decide when, look, God, God can decide to turn things around that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world and the earth. Look at verse 13. He causeth it to come, whether for correction or for his land, again, he's the owner, or for mercy. The idea is this, that God is in control. Because God is the creator, God is in control, and because God is in control, God can interrupt you if God chooses to. Look at verse 8. Well, look at verse 7. He sealeth up. Because remember, Elihu's talking about nature, right? I mean, first of all, a tornado's coming. <laughs> a whirlwind's coming. He says, hey, it started raining. Hey, it looks dark. Hey, did you hear that thunder? Do you see that whirlwind? And all of a sudden, Elihu says, God is the creator. God is the one that brings the rain. And God is the one, he's speaking when the thunder goes forth. And God is the one that brings cloud coverage. And God is the one that, that makes heat and that makes cold. And God is the one that brings this world. When he says, God is the creator, then he says, God is in control. You say, what does that mean? Here's what it means. That God can interrupt you and me whenever he chooses. Look at verse 7. He sealeth up the hand of every man that all men may know his work. You say, what comfort can we take in knowing that God is the creator and that God is in control? Well, here's the comfort that we can take is that if God is the creator and God is in control and God can do whatever he wants and God can interrupt your life and my life whenever he wants. Notice again verse 7. He sealeth up the hand of every man. He says, men are out there trying to do this and do that and accomplish these things, but God can seal up the hand of every man that all men may know his work. Hey, did you know that God can send a worldwide pandemic and shut the entire world down and mess up all your plans and interrupt all your plans and interrupt all my plans? You say, why can he do that? Because he's in control. Because he's the creator. Look at verse 8. Then the beasts go into dens. He says, when God changes the weather, when God brings these storms, he said, even the beasts go into the dens and remain in their places. Out of the south cometh the world when the cold out of the north. He, the, the idea is this, that God is the creator and God is in control. God is in charge. Just know that. And right before, right before God speaks, Elihu, for just a little bit of time, kind of gets the clarity and says, hey, Job. Because here's what Elihu should have been telling Job this whole time. Remember, Job's been complaining. Why has God done this to me? Why has God killed my children? Why has God uh, taken my health? Why has God taken my finances? Why, is God, why are all these things happening? Remember, Job's been asking, uh, I'd like to speak with you, God. God, I'd like to, I have some questions for you, God. Now, be careful what you ask for, because if you ask for God to show up, He may show up like a whirlwind. 
But Elihu finally has a little bit of clarity, and he says to Job what he should have been saying to Job this whole time, hey, Job, I don't know and you don't know, but here's what I do know. God is a creator. God is in control. And whatever's happened to you did not happen without God's knowledge. So we should just accept it. We should realize that God is the one in charge. Elihu is a lot of things, but he's not stupid. God is fast approaching as a whirlwind, and he's about to cut Elihu off. And Elihu, just for a little bit, changes his tune as a storm approaches. And he tells us, look, here's the proper response to God. Look at verse 16. Does thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge? Remember, now, now God is the one that's perfect in knowledge. Look at verse 19. Notice his attitude towards Job changes. Teach us what we shall say unto him. This is Elihu who sees this whirlwind coming, saying to Job, Teach us, hey Job, tell us what we shall say to him. For we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Then he says this in verse 20. Shall it be told him that I speak? Elihu is now all of a sudden concerned. See, I, I think that Elihu, he, he's a lot of things, like I said, I don't think he's stupid. I think he sees this whirlwind coming and he realizes it's about to get real. I, I think God's going to speak. I think God's going to say something. And now all of a sudden, he says that God is the one which is perfect in knowledge. Now all of a sudden, instead of telling uh, Job, you are wicked and you deserve what's happening to you. Now he's asking Job, teach us what we shall say unto him. He says, God is coming. Tell me what to say. For we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Then he says this, shall it be told him that I speak? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Job, don't tell, don't tell God what I said. You know those last six chapters of, of all the nonsense I've been saying? Don't tell him I said that. Shall it be told him that I speak? If a man speak, surely he shall be swallowed up. And now men see not the bright light which is in the clouds, but the wind passeth and cleanseth them. Fair weather cometh out of the north, which God, notice his attitude, God is terrible in majesty. For the last several chapters, we've been hearing Elihu tell us about how great he is, how smart he is, how he will bring knowledge from afar, and how he's so wise, and how he's so great. But now, he says, God is terrible in majesty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power, and in judgment, and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Men do therefore fear him. He respected not any that are wise of heart. At the very end, right before, and keep in mind, as he's speaking, the whirlwind's coming. After verse 24 in chapter 37, the whirlwind cuts him off. Job 38, 1, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said. At the very end there, in the last verse of chapter 37, Elihu expresses to us the proper response for men and women who understand that God is the creator, God is in control, and God is in charge. Men do therefore fear him. You know what the proper response to God is? Fear. What is the proper response that we should have to the God who's the creator, to the God who's in control, to the God who's in charge of your life and my life? Fear. 
He says, men do therefore fear him. He respected not any that are wise of heart. And then God speaks. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and from here on, the book of Job, it's been good, but the book of Job is awesome. We're going to have two chapters of God just speaking and asking questions to Job. Then we'll have a chapter where he speaks to us of this uh, creature, this beast called Behemoth. Then he speaks in another chapter about a sea creature called Leviathan. And then, of course, we see Job restored. So thank you for sticking with us during this difficult section of the book of Job. And I hope you'll get excited about the next several chapters, next five chapters, as we hear what God has to say in this conversation between Job and his three friends. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, your word. And uh, thank you for this chapter, just how interesting it is that you're going to speak through a whirlwind, and Elihu begins to describe for us an approaching whirlwind. A storm is coming. Lord, help us to be mindful of the fact that you are the creator, you are in control, you are in charge, and the proper response for you is that we should fear. We love you. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.